and welcome to a nearly Donald-free episode of We Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I'm one of your hosts, and uh, Donald is here with me right now, but he soon will not be with me. Hello, I am Donald Weigel, and I am barely in this episode. <laughs> not that you can tell yet, yeah. but uh, but it will be soon. So earlier this year, I did an interview in Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place, yeah. with one of our members, Sam, and she talked about her weight loss journey venture and uh, so i thought it was such a great interview such a great interviewer yeah that I, wanted I mean to the best really <laughs> i wanted to make it an episode for each of you to listen to it was super inspirational it was nice to get a break from all of our inspiration and hear someone else's inspiration yeah absolutely so you will hear from sam we're breaking this into two episodes uh, there was a lot to cover so uh, we will uh, feature that next just as soon as i stop talking please excuse the sound fidelity in this episode sam sounds great i'm a little tinny but it's still great content yeah this was a zoom recording uh so there's also some references in it to you know visuals on the screen um but you know i think it's pretty easy to follow even so but yeah zoom recording so it's not the usual like high fidelity sound you're used to yeah but the but the quality of the conversation is fantastic it's even better because i'm mostly not in it (laughs) (laughs) he just won't stop talking but i promise you he will stop talking soon i'm getting in the last word and here you go please enjoy so hello everyone and welcome to the Saturday, April 23rd Zoom featuring Walt member Sam. I am just adding someone else. Um, Sam has lost a little over 120 pounds. Uh, must be nice, everyone. A big round of applause. Mm-hmm. I never mean the, the must be nice. Uh, but <laughs> Sam, Sam has agreed to talk about her journey venture, what sort of led her to where she is today. So thank you everyone for joining. Um, I'm going to start with a little PowerPoint presentation. I'm going to mute everyone except for Sam for now. Uh, Tiffany is listening from the gym. So thank you so much. So I'm going to share my screen and let's see. Can everyone see the Sam for now? Excellent. So um, again, Sam has been in the community for um, over a year now, I think just over perhaps. Um, in July last year. Okay. Um, but it, uh, she has done an amazing job. Uh, and I know she has gotten support from lots of different places. Um, you may recall back in October that, uh, Sam was included in one of the newsletters and sort of talked about where she was then doing some Noom and, um, she had lost 83 pounds by then, but, uh, Right under our noses, she is down over 120 pounds now. So uh, wanted to give her the opportunity to sort of talk about her journey. And we'll start there. And then once uh, Sam goes through kind of uh, her entire life story in detail, starting with uh, date of birth, then we will go on to some questions posed by members of the group. And hopefully if those who are joining live have questions, um, we might also be able to get into those. So I am going to uh, stop the share for now. And I am going to, Sam, if you don't mind, I'm going to spotlight you for everyone. Beautiful. Um, So uh, Sam, why don't you uh, share what you have to share about your, uh, your journey? Sure. Um, So I won't start from birth. (laughs) um, The other day, my mom did say like, 
uh, until like I hit puberty, I was like rail thin. And she thought that I was going to be this teeny little thing like my whole life. And I was one of those kids that got tall really fast. And so I was like hovering over all of my classmates and then puberty hit and I got like boobs and butt in a big way. And it was like, I was like 11. And so body self like consciousness started around that time, um, where I was like hyper aware of my body and, um, I don't know, it was like, it was a, a tough way to start. Cause that's like middle school where everyone's awkward and gangly and weird. Um, but I got really into athletics and tried out a bunch of sports. And at the end of middle school, I fell upon rowing and just became like taken with it. Um, and so I rode all through high school. I ended up getting a scholarship to college for it and rode until I couldn't anymore. Um, and I coached from 2008 to 2019. And so like oh. rowing and like being an athlete was like a huge part of my identity. I was still very self-conscious because rowing is a sport where your weight and weighting down the boat is something coaches talk about a lot. Um, I was not in the, like, there's a lightweight category. I was not in the lightweight category, which is 135 and below. I was never there. I think in high school, I probably weighed like 180 ish, but it was still like, it was a con, a con, um, a conversation all the time about like moving your weight. And so it was something I was like hyper-focused on. Um, when I got to college, I went to a D one school, like where rowing was essentially my job. Um, my coach would talk about weight all the time. Um, I was in the best shape of my life at that point, but I was constantly like worried about my body and what my body could or couldn't do. Um, but I was losing weight. Like it was like dripping off of me. It was, I, I was probably eating 3000 to 4,000 calories a day, like shoveling food in my mouth. But I was also working out 12 times in a seven day cycle. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that was like a combination of like cardio and weightlifting, but it was all like super regimented, um, prescribed by my rowing coach and my weightlifting coach. Um, so I was losing weight, but I didn't really have to like, think about it. It was just like happening. Um, and I remember I lived with a coxswain. A coxswain is like the little person that steered the boat who was like consciously focused on their weight and she had to do my weigh-ins and she would just like be so annoyed with me that I would step on the scale and be like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I lost five pounds in a week. It just happened. Um, so I went from that mindset of like being focused on the weight, but it just falling off to, um, I got injured pretty, pretty badly and was no longer able to row. Um, and so I went from not having to, really think about losing weight and like staying at a weight to suddenly, um, you know, I was pretty inactive and I was still eating the same way. And then I graduated from college and I met my now husband. Um, he's a chef. I met him in a restaurant where we worked and, um, you know, our lifestyle, the things that we did for fun was eat and go out to fancy dinners, which was not good for like my calorie budget or my financial budget. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, between that, like finishing college and, and not having to worry about eating and then marrying or dating a chef, like I didn't make any adjustments. I just kind of like kept eating the way I'd become used to. And so 
that was in 2012. And um, I've probably, when I started dating my husband, probably weighed, like I said, like 180, 190 when I finished college. Um, and uh, over the course of the past 10 years together, I got up to 288 and it kind of slept, crept on. I wouldn't say I really like noticed it happening unless I like look at the data showing it happening. Yeah, It just kind of like appeared and I'm like, oh, I guess I've got this weight to deal with. So um, before you go on, I know it sounds like rowing was a huge part of your life for the better part, like maybe almost a decade yeah. of your life. I know, <laughs> like, how did your identity tie into that? Because you saw yourself as athletic and a mm-hmm. rower and then having that sort of taken away from you, how did that translate into like post-graduation? Like, oh, I, I was an athlete. Now I'm not like, was there any disconnect there of like your identity? Yes, absolutely. Um, I am very much like I've said, I've said it in the group a few times. I have like ADHD and some like OCD tendencies that make me all sorts of obsessive with things. And so my obsession for like 15 years was rowing. Like it was how I filled all of my time. Um, if I wasn't doing something to support like my body as an athlete, I was reading up about rowing. I was like researching workouts. I was talking about rowing with my rowing friends. And, um, so it was like, uh, yeah, a huge part of my life, both in college and the back home, my family was really involved in the rowing community as well. And so that's why I did continue to coach after I couldn't row anymore. Um, but I would say that identity when my identity as a rower ended, it was this kind of like identity crisis of like, what do I do with my time and energy now? Um, and a lot of it was filled with, um, socializing and drinking with my friends and my husband's friends. Um, and then in 2013, I started grad school and that was like a big undertaking in terms of time. And so, you know, my time was taken up, but then it became eating, you know, the quick and easy convenient things that, um, weren't necessarily good in the long run. Um, because it was like, I'm going to grab this fast food, Um, or this food on campus, it was whatever was easy. And I really wasn't thinking about um, how it was supporting me in my body. So that's, I think, a big contributor in like my weight gain was thanks grad school. (laughs) Yeah, my undergrad, I gained 100 pounds in my undergrad in three years. So Mm -hmm. I relate to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I lost that excuse in um, 2016. I finished my coursework for grad school. Um, along the way I did try to, um, start running. I've always been like intrigued by running. I've felt like to be fit, you are able to run. Um, and so I don't know, in my mind, it was like, if I wanted to be fit, I had to be able to run. And so that's something that has always been intriguing to me. So I started running and calorie counting in like 2013, 2014, and I did lose weight, but I like reflect back on that. And the foods that I was eating were not necessarily like high volume, low calorie. They were like, if I was to look at a picture of food that I like a plate, it was things like not, not to like be critical of these things, because I think that I, you know, I, the way I eat now is just calorie counting, but higher volume, low calorie, but like, I would be eating things like, um, 
super processed foods and just like making sure that they fit in my calorie budget. And the problem was I was hungry all the time because I wasn't necessarily eating things that filled me up. And so I did okay for a while. And then I was just like ravenously hungry, not super thoughtful about my eating. And so I was successful, got down to between like the eating and running, I got down to 201 in 2015 and felt like I'm going to do it. Here I am. And I literally never broke that two. I got 201 and that was it. And I don't know what happened, but I just like kind of fell off the rails. Um, actually, I probably do know what happened. I was the kind of person once upon a time where I was obsessed with streaks and I was like, I have to run every day or I have to reach 10,000 steps every day or count my calories every day. And then I'd have one day where I didn't do it. And I'm like, it's over. It's all done. Like, I I think I got 10,000 steps every single day for over a year. And I was like obsessed with that little star on the Fitbit tracker. And one day I was like 300 steps short and I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up past midnight and my my streak was over. And I lamented about it in the way that was like self-destructive. Like I didn't hit 10,000 steps again for like three months after that, I think. Wow. So I'm, I was like that kind of person where if I went off the rails once it was over, it was done. And so like any sort of elimination diets that I would do were like not good for me because like I tried keto And I think, I don't know what year, I think like 2016, 2017, I lost like 18 pounds in a month. But as soon as I had bread, I was like, it's over, it's done. All this weight is back. And so um, I know people had asked about like regain. And I would say on this journey venture, I really haven't had regain, but in the past, for sure, I definitely did. I, if you looked at my weight graph, it's like this since like 2011. Yeah. Um, And so yeah, I I've tried a lot of different things. Like I did, like I said, keto, which for a while I was like, this is amazing. I, um, Catherine, you've like talked about writing a letter to your family. Like I figured it out. I'm good to go. Like, it was like every opportunity that I had with like a family member or a friend, it's like, do you have a minute for me to talk to you about keto? <laughs> it's like sharing the good word, yes, like exactly. evangelizing. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And so that's what I would do with like keto. And I was like, it's amazing. I feel amazing. And I was hot to trot about it for like a month. And then I had that piece of bread and I was like, it's done. It's over. Well, and and did that, (laughs) I know for me, I felt a lot of shame when Mm -hmm. I would feel like I had it figured out and then I would switch gears. Do you feel like that played into kind of how you thought about your journey venture? Yeah. I mean, it was like embarrassing too, because for all the time that I spent talking about keto, you know, that weight bait came back fast and people knew like it was very visible that I was not doing keto anymore. Yeah. And so it became like, I don't know, like this weight was like a, a shameful, like secret thing, but wasn't really a secret. Cause like people could see and people knew like I had been really, I don't know obsessed with it for a period of time. And so, um, you know, not long after that, I did try Noom Mm -hmm. and, um, felt like pretty empowered by it, but it was one of those things again, where I was like on a good streak of doing it. And then suddenly I just stopped and then it was over. So so. can you tell me, um, for those who haven't done Noom, can you talk a little bit about what the program is? 
Yes. So it is like um, a curriculum, essentially, which jived to me as like a teacher that it's like lessons, like daily lessons. But it is a commitment. Like they say it's like 10 minutes a day. That depends on your focus and your ability to like read quickly. Um, And it talks a lot about mindset. And I learned from Noom about like the low calorie, high volume foods. So like it did really help me with figuring out some of the foods that um, were good, that I enjoyed, that helped me and supported my goal. And, um, but it restricted me to like 1200 calories a day. And so, yeah. um, And it, people have like a thing against it because it labels foods as like green, yellow, and red. And it says all foods are good foods, but the red foods are the ones that are like the high calorie, low density. So not necessarily foods that are going to fill you up. And so some people have an issue with like that kind of labeling of foods. But for me, it was like helpful to learn that. Um, But I don't know, it just became a lot to manage. Um, Like I said, it's every day. And it was another one of those things where it was like, I, um, I fell off of it. And then that was it. It was done. And I remember at one point, like contacting my coach and being like, I do want to reset it. And I think I did it for like three more days after that. And then it was over. Yeah. And so, um, I failed a lot of times before this success. Well, and, and as part of that, like evangelizing and then leaning back, did you have any patterns of secret eating because of that? Like hiding your real food choices? Because I know for me, when I would say like, oh, I'm doing this thing. And then I got into secret eating, which I didn't even know I was doing, but I didn't want anyone to know yeah. what I was doing. Do you feel like, like, how did that affect your relationship with your husband? Was he kind of supportive or n- not part of the, like, not part of your food picture? Like how, how did that affect your relationship if at all? Um, I didn't really secret eat from my husband. I was talking about this. I was with one of my best friends yesterday who, um, was someone I co uh, like worked with and we were talking about weight and he, I feel like I had like two different worlds of eating, um, divided by like work and home. And I know like Catherine, you and Donald have talked about this on the podcast where like at work, I had this like beautiful breakfast of like fruit and, um, overnight oats. And then lunch was a salad and people would be like, Oh, you eat so well. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. And then I'd go home and I would just like basically hurricane eat through the pantry. Um, I've discovered about myself that if I can abstain from that first bite of like the highly pal- palatable foods, I'm okay. But as soon as I have that first bite, it's like game over. And I will eat the entire bag. And so, um, I don't know, like my husband is, I I will say this because he's not home. Um, he is like an enabler and that he, he, he buys the food. He eats it right in front of me. He, um, doesn't have a concern about eating because he basically, without trying to does like fasting and won't eat like the entire day at work and then comes home and eats like all of his calories within like three hours. Um, and I used to like keep on pace with him. And I think he thought that I wasn't eating when I was at work too. And so, you know, for him, he'd be like, I don't know. Like if I complain about like gaining weight, he's like, but I didn't think you ate that much. It's like, I do. I, 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 yeah, I do. Yeah. 
we just uh, we just did an episode called "If You Give a Spouse a Cookie" about kind of enabling and that I don't know what you're not eating when I'm not around, sort of thing. So that's definitely a thing. And having a chef too. That's like yeah, like Jess said that's like a dream, but also difficult. He makes yeah. really good food. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you did Noom and then you fell off Noom. So kind of when, when was that to when you actually started this last time during venture kind of what, what happened? Um, nothing happened. Um, just like kind of this like acceptance that I guess this is how I am. And I felt like I knew what I needed to do if I wanted to make a change, but I just like, wasn't, I guess, ready to make that change. Um, food and drinking in particular was such like a big part of my life and my social life that it just felt like I can't, I don't want to give up my social life. And so I can't give up this food. It just felt like that was my lot in life. And I was going to be like that forever. So there was probably about two years where I um, was, I know Catherine, you have one of the pictures that I sent you where I'm with my dog. And I had seen that and I was like, I was mortified when I saw it initially, but then I was like, well, I guess it is what it is. And so there was two years where I really didn't do anything. And then last February, um, like a couple things happened all at once where like my best friend mentioned wanting to do a 5k and I was like, I'm in no shape to do a 5k. And then we got married and I didn't want to, we didn't get like a professional photographer, but like our family took pictures and I didn't want to look at the pictures. And then I went to my gynecologist to get my IUD replaced and no one said anything to me about my weight, but they had trouble placing it in me and I couldn't help but feel like, is this because of my weight? And so all of these things happened within like two days. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I'm like tired of feeling like embarrassed by my body. And I'm tired of like being so focused on my body in terms of like what it's preventing me from doing that I wanted to do something about it. And so, um, I, it was pretty much like I woke up one day and I was like, this is it. We're doing it. And that day I signed up for Noom again and I signed up for healthy wage. And I wouldn't say it was smooth sailing from there, but I just kind of like figured out what I needed to do through. And I think that a lot of like things that I'd failed in before, it was like at that time in February where I realized like those, those experiences were like so worth it because I, I didn't get what I wanted out of them at the time, but I learned from them still. Yeah. So talk about healthy wage. Cause you had mentioned it back in October and I didn't know what it was, but I know you just sort of completed that. So can you, you talk about what, how you found out about healthy wage and what it is? Yeah. So my best friend told me about it and it's one of those things that shows up on Facebook. That's like lose weight and earn money. And it sounds like a scam. And I looked into it and it's, um, you basically bet on yourself. Like you make a wager at the beginning of how much weight you want to lose and what time frame and what you're going to like, how much you're going to contribute monthly to bet on yourself. And so I decided I was going to lose, um, at the point that I started, I was like 10 pounds into my weight loss. So I decided I wanted to lose 110 pounds in 13 months. And I think I wagered like 20 bucks a month. 
And it totally felt like a pipe dream. I was like, I'm kissing this money goodbye because I don't feel like I'm ever getting it back. But it helped me stay on track. And, you know, in the back of my mind, um, I didn't want to lose that money. And so there was times where it did really help me make better choices for myself. And I did. There's many wagers along the way where you um, you have to do like verified weigh it. So I would have to record myself weighing in, um, which was not fun, but I weigh in every day. So it's like it was just kind of a non-issue, I guess, or at least it became that way. Um, but you can do mini wagers along the way, which I found really helpful because it narrowed my thinking down to um, like six pounds at a time in, well, I should say it's 6%. And so it depends on your body weight. But for me, it was like six to 10 pounds generally. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I remember being at a dinner with my um, my family and my brother-in-law was trying to pressure me to have a drink and I did not want to have it because I had a weigh in the next day and I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. And so it was definitely stressful at times, but it did help me abstain from certain behaviors yeah. that like weren't going to be helpful in the long run. Um, and so I, if you're someone that struggles with like weigh-ins and like being fixated on a number, I don't think that it's the thing for you. Um, I ended up struggling towards the end, like my way out was due by like March 28th, I think it was. And like the last two or three weeks, I was like obsessed with my number because I wanted to hit the number and and get the money. And so I did not enjoy that feeling because previous to that, you know, the number on the scale was just like another data point. It was like, okay, cool. This is what I weigh today. Um, and this is what I'm going to do about it or not do. And, um, so to suddenly have to be like hyper-focused on the weight didn't feel that great. Yeah. Well, and for me, I, I don't, I don't know that I've talked about it, but about a year ago, I, one of those like diet bet things came up and people had talked about that as like a, a motivator. And I think as, um, Sam said, me and like having that sort of carrot at the end does not work for me. Like I, I did a a four week or a six week diet bet. And when it was clear that I, there was no way I was going to hit it. I was like, F it. Yeah. All right. Money's gone. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it was like $20, but for me that like, well, if you get the A, then you get whatever for me, it's a demotivator. So I think being really aware of like, what motivates you is really important. And I, I love that you brought up, like, it doesn't necessarily work for, for everyone. Um, but I, I mean, and how much did you end up getting in the end? Um, but well, so my way or my payout for the 110 pounds was, um, $1,050. But then through all of my mini challenges that I've done, um, I accrued another uh, 1100. And so I just just cashed it out yesterday. So it was like 2150 or something like that. Um, I think I'm, I would have to look back in the math and I'm probably never going to do this because I'm just going to pretend that I, I, it's all free money. Um, but I think I might've paid in like five to $600. Okay. Um, and so something like that, which it's funny. Actually, it's not funny. I feel bad for her, but my best friend who got me on this is like totally off the rails 
I mean, not totally off the rails. I shouldn't say that she's running a 5k with me tomorrow, but we were just walking last week and her healthy wage is up in June. And she's like, yeah, I don't even care about it anymore. I'm just accepting the loss. Well, and I, I think that it's a, you know, it's a, it's something to be aware of when you go into weight loss. It's like, does it bring on shame? Does it really motivate you? Because like Donald still does Fitbit challenges. Like he'll be like, Oh, I, I can't go to bed yet. I've got to like reply to challenges. I'm like, I don't care. Like I I get my steps or I don't. So knowing what motivates you, I think is important. So, okay. So you did the, you went back to Noom, you decided to get back into it. Um, so what, uh, tell us about the last, uh, 13 months, how many months? Yeah, it's been about 13 months. So yeah, I started with the Noom and healthy wage. Um, I started by just focusing on step count. Um, didn't really do much activity. Um, I probably had before I started all of this, what could be classified as like a drinking problem (laughs) before I started. Um, I was maybe on an average having like three to four drinks a night. Um, and I was, before I started, I was having half a bottle of wine a night. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like an IPA drinker. So each of these drinks were like 300 calories ish. And so Um, and drinking, like I already said, was a huge part of like my social life. Like my family and I would go out to breweries on the weekends. Like I've been to like 200 breweries in New York state. And so it was like a big shift, but I decided, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to eliminate drinking, but I'm not going to drink at home anymore. Yeah. And that was like, I love that. but like, that's, that gets into the policies. Mm-hmm. I will do it, but not at home. So great. Job. Yeah. And like, it's funny because my husband and I have very specific beer tastes and we have a beer fridge. I'm sitting right next to it. And there's beer in there that he bought for me before I started that I'm just like, sorry, I'm, I, you know, maybe if we bring it on like a picnic, I'll drink it, Right. but I'm not, I'm not drinking it here. Um, so when so, you were, yeah. when you did new before it was 1200 calories. So how did, did, did you adjust that this time around? I ultimately did. I, um, so I started with Noom. It had me on the 1200 calories and then through healthy wage, I joined this, um, team challenge where I like had to work with people and like we were cooperatively had to lose a certain amount. And one of the team members mentioned this group on Facebook, lose weight, eat pizza. And through that, I discovered I don't need to eat just 1200 calories. I can do more and still lose weight. And so, yeah. So I reshifted my focus to like 16 to 1700 calories. Um, and actually it was that same group that I discovered Waltz. Someone had mentioned the podcast. And, um, at that point, I think you had like a hundred and like 70 to 80 episodes. And I threw all my focus into that. <laughs> and hey, OCD wins. Hooray. <laughs> yay! So yeah. And I, I think I discovered you guys in like June and I listened to you at every opportunity that I had. Um, I, and I think I got up to date in like October on uh-huh. all your episodes. Um, and I've said to people like in that same group, lose weight, eat pizza that I've asked about Noom, I've said to them, like all of the things that I learned from Noom, you can get for free from the Walt podcast because you guys like the mindset stuff and like the tips and tricks that I would have learned from Noom that I paid for. I get from like, you can get in Walt. I mean, it might take you a little longer to listen and get them, but you're going to get them. Um, I did finish the Walt or the Noom curriculum in October as well. I saw it through to the end and, um, I, d- I feel like I've gotten everything I need from it, which it, it did become repetitive. Like really the big takeaway is high volume, low calorie, finding the foods that fill you up, 
Um, and my policy has kind of been, um, you know, it's some, some people will say like only eat when you're hungry. Well, when I'm hungry, I make really poor choices. And so I have to like plan out my day and eat at like every two hours, just about to make sure that like, even if I'm not hungry, I'm going to eat because it's like that proactivity that if I wait until I'm hungry, I'm going to find myself in the pantry and I'm going to eat an entire bag of tortilla chips. Yeah. And so I, um, I've learned those things about myself and how I I need to eat to be successful. I I love what you said about don't take the first bite. I feel like that's Uh like, that goes from intent to action. Like if you think about, you know, uh, punching someone you hate, it's different than actually doing it, (laughs) you know, that, that intention versus action. So I, I might need to get that uh, tattooed on my, my arm there. So yeah, Cynthia posted about that as like a non-skilled victory, like turning down ice cream. And I definitely feel like I am like empowered by things like that, where like, I really want to take that bite, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be stronger than, than the ice cream. Well, it's like, you know, I'm going to eat it. You know, what's going to happen. Yeah. You you've already played that out and you know what the end of the story is and where, where it takes you Um, way better not eating it than if I do. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and this isn't, you know, uh, everyone who is going to listen to this is already in wool, but like, what made you decide to join wool? Like, because lose weight eat pizza has like, right now, I think they have almost 60,000 members. Like what, mm-hmm. what made you decide to give wool to try? Um, well, like I said, I was like obsessed with your podcast and, um, my, I didn't, like I said, I had evangelized my weight loss before and I didn't feel comfortable talking about it with people around me because I almost wanted it to be like this secret thing that was happening. And if people noticed I was losing weight, like great, fine. But I wasn't going to talk about it with them because I realized that like, it's really not their business. It's my business. And my sister had lost a lot of weight as well. Like I think like 120 pounds as well. Oh, wow. She ended up, she's taller than me. And has like a different build than I do. And she ended up with like loose skin that she ended up having to get surgically removed. And she's had some like slip backs where like, she hasn't gained all of the weight back at all, but she's probably gained like 10, 20 pounds back. And so like talking about weight with my family was like really touchy because, you know, here I am having success and I don't want anyone to be bitter about it. Right. So, and I didn't, I don't really have any friends that are like, can relate to me in this way. And then my husband, like I said, he, he always to do is think about losing weight and he loses weight. And so I didn't really feel like I had a community that I could comfortably talk to about my journey without feeling like I was oversharing or burdening people. And so I wanted a community because I felt like I really needed to be accountable to someone. And I wanted to be able to talk to people about this. And, you know, there's a lot, a lot of wealth of information on lose weight, eat pizza. But like you said, it's like 60,000 people and you have to like approve your posts and wait. And it just, it, it becomes cumbersome. And so I felt like I wanted something small. I was really interested in the fact that there's only like a hundred people in the group. Um, And so, yeah, I, I had listened to you guys talking about how Walt's place is coming. And I was listening, like I said, last year. And so I was like, I feel like this group must exist by this point. Like I yeah. know it has to. 
And so I looked into it and, um, it's, it's like, as anyone here knows it's invaluable and, you know, it's, it is tough because, you know, I think we do see people having success and it's like, I want some of that, please. Yeah. It doesn't feel attainable. And so like when you had asked me if I wanted to do this, um, you know, I'm on my own path and I don't have kids and I have plenty of time to do what I need to do to take care of myself. And so I felt like, you know, maybe, I I don't know, maybe I'm not relatable, but. No, but I I think, you know, it's, it, well, anyway, I know we have a lot of questions to get to too, so I don't want to go off on it, but I think it's like it, I didn't start this until my Mm forties and that you're getting a start on it you know, that you've done this now, I think it's, it's just a message that like, it's, you know, it's never too late. It's never too early. Like, and, and evolve. it's not like, okay, Sam's done later days. Like it's all fixed now. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, it's never too late and every story matters. It's not like, you know, that there's like, okay, there's only one person who is put upon who can have a struggle. There's only one, like, you don't have to be miserable, And at your breaking point, you don't have to be, you know, get a diagnosis. You can, you can decide at any time that you want to get it done. So anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears. I would love to talk more about, well, but maybe we can go into a few. And we are going to leave you in suspense right there for this week. And you'll find out next week, which gear Catherine is switching to. You sure will. And Donald. Didn't you think that was inspirational? I, I really did. I know you're <laughs> saying sorry. that. I know you're saying that in like a snarky tone of voice, but I really genuinely did. It it's really nice um to hear somebody else's story and to hear so many similarities yeah. and to know that they went through a lot of the same things that I did. And, you know, even though we've been, you know, talking about this for on microphones for, you know, four and a half years. I still nice to be reminded that I'm not alone and that, you know, a lot of the same, you know, issues and struggles that she went through are the very same things that, uh, that I went through. Thank you. Oh, wait, were you complimenting? I don't know. You were complimenting her, not me. (laughs) Yes, you did. I'll pass along. It was a great interview. I'll pass along the, uh, the accolades to her. Actually, she's probably listening to this Ho- right now. Hopefully so. she's listening. Yeah, uh, thank, and up? thank you so much yeah. for listening. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, and you can find all of our episodes just as Sam did, uh, wherever you found this one or on our website at any time. Uh, we only look thin.com. Yep. And do what Sam did and click on the link for join our support group to find out more about Walt Place. We only look thin place is an accountability group for women based on Facebook. It is a great place for fellowship and uh, support. We are not a weight loss plan, but we are a place for uh, zoom meetings and newsletters and just honest conversations about real issues around losing weight. Um, and also just also thank you so much to Sam for opening up and sharing her experiences with the group and yeah, then now sure. with our audience at large. Uh, it, <laughs> it honestly means so much uh, to know that uh, that we are part of her journey venture. Um, but we have two uh, plans for subscription. One is a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial, and the other is a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Wool Place is right for you. And if you'd like to interact with us in other ways, you can find us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at We Only Look Thin. 
Or you can send us some uh, emails to weonlylookthin at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We love episode suggestions. We love compliments. We uh, would like to hear some uh, ideas on things we could do a better deep dive on. Uh, we'll answer questions. Weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Yep. And if you have a few extra moments and can head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review, we would so appreciate it. Not only does it help us know that we are making a difference, but it also helps others find inspirational uh, weight loss podcasts when they are looking for that kind of thing. Absolutely. And if you could tell somebody about the show, we would really appreciate it. Um, Sam mentions in the interview the uh, the Facebook group uh, Lose Weight Eat Pizza. Yeah, thank and- you guys. And uh, yeah, how people uh, mentioned us there. If you're in a Facebook group like that um, and would mention us, we would really appreciate it. Um, or or any other group. Or if you're just, you know, face to face with somebody or on the phone or face? on a Zoom. Who? What's a phone? <laughs> yeah. That's not what I use it for. Yeah, that is not what I use it for. But uh, if you happen to be talking to somebody and you think that they might like the show, uh, tell them about us. We would be grateful. Yep. So even though I was conspicuously absent from most of this episode, please remember that Catherine and I and Sam Sam. are an inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. 